All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. We're back doing short stops. I have with me um, the usual suspects, Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. And uh, Kyle Stramara joining us again. Hey, great to be back. Happy to have both you guys here with me again because I need some moral support because we're talking short stops tonight. <laughs> and um, it's a thin position. So we're going to try a little different format tonight. Um, instead of kind of just rolling through a list of guys at each position, um, we're going to try and generate some positive and negative discussion on some of these guys and really help you guys find people that we think are going to exceed um, their average draft position right now, guys that you can find some value in and um, find some guys that maybe you want to steer clear of that you don't want to take where other people are taking them right now. All right, so to start off the podcast, I think let's um, let's start with two guys from each of you that uh, you guys expect to exceed their average draft position right now, and uh, give us some reasons why why you like these guys. So uh, Shane, if you don't mind kicking us off here, who's the first guy you want to talk about? All right, everything you said is just about just about true. I mean, this position is is brutal. There, there's just not a lot out there. I mean, I found some struggles just trying to put some guys together here. But first guy I'm going to take a look at is Starlin Castro. Uh, moving to New York. Uh, going to be Yankee this year. I just feel like he's going around He's going around the 12, 13 areas. That, that's what we have down here for Castro. I see a lot of potential in, in the move to New York. Uh, I don't know what it is. He had a down year kind of last year. He, he gets kicked around a little bit by the Cubbies. Uh, they bring him back up, and he plays at the end of the year, and he does well. I feel like Castro's the kind of guy that just wanted out of town, though. Uh, I feel like Chicago wasn't a good fit for him. He, he didn't want to be there. I feel like he's kind of a, a really good fit for the Yankees, though. I feel like he's kind of a me, me, me player. He's the kind of guy that likes to shine in, in, the, in the bright lights, and I, I think the move to New York is really going to help his stock. So I'm expecting a pretty big year out of Castro, and I, I, I definitely see him as a top-ten guy this year. So... Yeah, I think we talked about him a little bit with the second base podcast, and I think one thing I mentioned is he's still really young, um, and you know he's going to get to play now with some guys, some veterans. I think a a good core around him um, that he'll be able to do some things in that lineup. And of course, you obviously like getting eighty games in Yankee Stadium um, for him. Kyle, where do you stand on Castro? He's somebody that uh, I definitely like as well. Um, I think Shane had some really great points there. He's someone that uh, I think can really get it going in Yankee Stadium. So I'm excited to see, you know, really what this season looks like for him and, um, you know, if that power can come back a little bit in that stadium. I think we, we kind of expect um, Ellsbury and Gardner to be somewhere at the top of that lineup. Where do you guys maybe think Castro will hit for the Yankees? Maybe six after A-Rod, McCann, and Beltran? Am I missing anyone? A-Rod. A-Rod, McCann, and Beltran? Yeah, I, I feel like Castro's going to slide somewhere in the bottom of that order, but I'm not, I'm not even worried about it, to be honest. I, I still... No, I think I like that. I like him hitting six there. Yeah, you slide Castro in the 6-7 hole in that lineup. You get some RBI opportunities. Um, I just think it's going to be a 
solid production. I mean, he had a huge year two years ago. Not a huge year, but a really he's hitting right around 300 for a shortstop. I mean, you're going to take that all day long. But <coughs> he go, he slides a little bit last year back down to 265. I think we're going to see a little bit closer to the, the 2014 numbers out of Starlin this year then. Yeah, a couple of years ago, people were talking about him as a potential 3,000 hit candidate because he had so many hits, and he started his career at such a young age. Um, I think it's a nice time to get back into the Starlin Castro market now that it's kind of dipped down a little bit. So um, I definitely agree with that. Who's your second guy, Shane? My next guy that I want to talk about, uh, Gene Segura. Uh, Making the move, getting out of Milwaukee, which I, I don't think that can be a bad thing for anybody, um, getting out of the Brewers organization. Um, he move, makes the move out to Arizona, and I think it's going to be a really good year for Segura. I mean, he's going off the board. CBS has him ranked 17 right now. That's what I'm looking at. Um, I see Segura as another guy that could sneak back into the top 10. I mean... Still has the stolen base potential there. I mean, 25 stolen bases last year. Can't go wrong there. If he can get the power numbers back up to what he did a couple years ago, I mean, he was a 12-40 and 40 guy just a, two years ago. So, I mean, it's not far removed from being a, a top production shortstop. So, I think the, the move out of Milwaukee, moving out to Arizona, like we said, uh, I feel like this is going to be an, this is an all-in situation out there for the Diamondbacks right now. I mean, they're, they're going after it this year. It's either going to crash or, or the things are going to work out. So I think I'm leaning more towards things are going to work out right now. I'd imagine Hill, speaking of batting order, I imagine Hill probably hit towards the top of that lineup. You kind of like him hitting um, in front of Goldie and Pollock. Um, the thing about Segura, you mentioned 25 steals last year. Steals in general are way down across baseball, even – yeah, I thought it was going to maybe start going up recently, but last year was the worst year um, in general, speaking steals in a long time. Um, Kyle, you're a former Segura owner. You were kind of you kind of had him in his rookie year when he broke out. Where do you stand on him? Yeah, um, like you mentioned, I, I was an owner and I, I loved him at first, uh, and you know I got the MLB package and get excited watching games and I've really never seen a player go to his knee on a swing more than him and <laughs> I mean Adrian Beltre does it a lot but he does it successfully and so if Segura can calm down a little bit at the plate um, you know I, I could see him being really good again and you know I think the move is something that he really needed um, you know a young guy was potentially getting in his own head but I'm not completely sold on him you know I'm, I'm not someone that's interested in uh, going back to the well on Segura. So he's one guy I would like to stay away from. I think the price has to be right for him. Um, but, again, as Shane mentioned, the steals, that that's definitely interesting, especially because you're not going to get a lot of power from these guys in the middle. So if you can get someone that's going to give you a plus in one or two categories, I think he's a guy that's going to help your team more than he's going to hurt them. Yeah, I feel like that was my thought process here. I mean – this position is so weak that I feel like if you don't get one of the top two or three, I mean, you're just looking for a guy that's going to benefit you in somewhere. Uh, he's going to do something that stands out. And I think that Segura's speed is enough for me to, to target that, hey, I know I'm going to get some stolen bases out of this guy. I can slide him in my shortstop spot and, and get some kind of production out of him. All right, Kyle, who's your 
first guy you want to talk about to exceed their average draft position? Well, uh, I, I couldn't be more excited to talk about this next guy right here, Kevin Marte. Um, he's somebody that in our 16-team league that we talk about all the time that I actually own and plan on keeping. Um, I'm expecting big things out of him, obviously, if I'm planning on using the keeper spot on him. And uh, where, where do we have him average draft-wise? I got him the 11th shortstop off the board, um, pick 223. So 12-team right. league, we're talking 19th, 20th round. Yeah, and, um, you know, talking about someone that can contribute to one of those categories that's weak, stolen bases, I think this is a guy that, you know, why not 25, 30 bags from him? Um, you know, he'll be hitting at the top of that order, I believe, because I don't really trust Aoki much. Um so, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of his opportunity to run. Uh, he's proven he can run successfully. And, you know, I'm just excited to see how he does. He, he hits for a decent average. Um, six homers, why not? You know, something like that. Yeah, eight steals last year in um, 219 ABs, 57 games. You'd sign up for that, um, seeing where he's going. Shane, what do you think about Marte? I'm not out on Marte by any means. I just wanted to follow up with this one. You seem to be down on Segura, but but really high on Marte. And I kind of see similar numbers, if not better, for Segura here. Uh, what, what is the difference here between these two guys? Because I'm seeing right around 25 steals for both guys. And I, I just feel like Segura's power upside is a little better. Um, what's the difference maker for you? I know you're a big Marte fan. Um, I'm not seeing much of a gap between these two guys. That's a great question. I mean, I think part of it is the homer in me owning Kevin Monte at this part. I'm not uh, not going to lie about that, but um, I don't know. I just I see him um, building on that. I mean, as far as Segura goes, I mean, I think we've seen what we've seen, and uh, Marte's young, exciting, um, and I think he has the the ability to add on top of his game from what we've seen. Um, you know, he's a slappy hitter. I see his average being better than Segura's. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, honestly, it's got to be because he's on my team. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the, thing, the thing that's a little scary about Marte probably is that, similar to D. Gordon, um, he's going to have to be one of those high Babbitt guys. Um, but I think that, you know, you look at a player with speed like that, and that usually generates a higher Babbitt, so... That's that's definitely a plus on his on his end. Kyle, who's your second guy? All right, so my second guy is uh, Eugenio Suarez. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about him in the third base podcast. Uh, I think he'll, he'll definitely be uh, doing better than his average draft position. What do we have him at? About eighteen, nineteen. Yep. So, um, you know, this is a guy that. I think can contribute, you know, 15, 20 homers at the shortstop position. Um, so that, that's a guy I want to have in my lineup. He's going to get regular at-bats without a doubt. Cincinnati's absolutely terrible. And, you know, I think, you know, moving over to third base, he's going to have an opportunity to put a little bulk on his body and, you know, maybe see those power numbers jump up. You're, are you concerned at all about Peraza taking time from him, or you're expecting him to play third? I'm, I mean, I'm expecting him to play third regularly. Um, 
You know, I think the Reds are planning on moving Bruce, and that'll open up some outfield spots for Parada. Um, I'd imagine Brandon Phillips is also on his way out if he ever decides that he wants to leave. So, uh, a guy that's proven and ready in Suarez is going to get the at-bats over a guy like Barraza, in my opinion. Yeah, Suarez, he's interesting for me because, um, you know, you get to the end of shortstops here and you start to try and maybe take a flyer here at the end. And I think that he's your classic flyer towards the end of the shortstop position, even as a middle infielder. Um, I don't necessarily like him as one of your corner infielders, but I think if you can get him in the middle, I think that there's some definite value add there. Yeah, just him having that shortstop eligibility still is real nice. Uh, you're not going to really look at him as your third base option. Uh, corner infield, probably not going to take a stab at him. But shortstop, you, you need one at the, near the end of the draft. Why not take a stab at this guy? I mean, showed some nice power last year. And if you can get that kind of pop from a late-round shortstop, you're definitely going to take a chance on it. Uh, before we talk about guys that we're expecting to – not exceed their average draft position to kind of be worse than where they're being taken right now. Um, Just a question for you guys. Two strategy questions um, for this shortstop position. Um, First, is this a position that you guys like to hopefully grab someone in the draft that would be on your team throughout the whole year? Or is this a position in particular that you want to stay diligent in throughout the year and kind of look for the best option on the waiver wire? I feel like for me, this is a streaming position. Uh, it really is. If I, if I don't have a top guy, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just looking for the hot hand all year long. Um, if I can find a guy that's just going to have a good one-week or two-week stretch and, and fill in, I, I have no problem rolling the dice with that guy. I just feel like the gap between shortstops is so small when you get down to the, the bottom tier that you just kind of have to roll the dice with, with who you think is going to be the hot hand that week and have no problem cutting them loose the next week. Yeah, I mean, we'd all love to hit on every single one of our draft draft spots, but um, we know that's not the case. So there's some positions where, you know, you're kind of looking for a guy to maybe bridge a gap for you, and I, I'm wondering if this is one of those positions. That was my reason for asking. Kyle, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I tend to uh, not get a top shortstop on my team. Um, so, I mean, there's not very many, as we talked about, so... Uh, I tend to go for guys that I think have real high upside. Uh, last year, uh, I went for Brandon Crawford, and uh, that actually hit, but I didn't wait long enough for it to hit. I dropped him early on, and I rode the Wilmer Flores bus for a long time, and eventually had to cut him loose. So um, I tend to get really attached to my players. I'm one of those kind of owners, and I don't see myself uh, straying away from my players unless they're an absolute disaster. So, all right, my second, my second strategy question I think is an interesting one that I heard some guys talk about when they were doing a draft. Um, what they did is they took Francisco Lindor as their shortstop. They got Addison Russell as their second baseman. He had shortstop eligibility. They had a Gong as their third baseman because he has shortstop eligibility too. And then I forget who they got as their middle infielder, but he also had shortstop eligibility. So between short, second, middle, and third, they took four players with shortstop eligibility 
in what is already a thin position to kind of really water down that market. Is that something that you guys see as a viable strategy to, I mean, th those players are all pretty good options. So not only do they help your team, but they really hurt other people in what is already a completely um, really thin position. So what do you guys think about that, that strategy? That's a tough one. Uh, I see that. I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to just dilute the, <laughs> the position even more, making sure they have all the assets and hopefully someone's going to come, come to them saying, Hey, I really need one of these guys. I guess that's what they're doing. Um, I don't think that's the route that I would go though. Uh, I don't think that I would want to take a chance on four of these guys. That's bad enough taking a chance on one of them. I guess the four that they took were, were it was a, it was a fifteen team league too, which I, I, I wanted. I, I was kind of remiss to not mention that. I mean, just looking on, on the strategy that I just talked about, I feel like this is a position where you can stream and, and not really lose that much. Uh, I don't know that I would be a guy that would want to take the bait and and buy just because one of the guys had had a bunch of them on his team. So. I mean, I guess you could probably find someone, too, that was desperate enough that's going to be stuck with a bottom-of-the-barrel guy. But if, if you can't get any any uh, buyers, I mean, you might be looking at, at yourself struggling offensively. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, i got to echo what Shane said. I, I have a hard enough time finding one of these guys I really want on my team. And, you know, if you can get a guy like Lindor, I would, I would imagine it's a little bit wiser to fill up your other positions with some guys that, especially at third, I mean, Gong isn't a guy I want to play at third at all. So, um, you know, my opinion would be not a great strategy, but, I mean, if, if you got guys that you know in your league, uh, you know, might lose their mind a little bit over not having some of these names, sure, why not stock up and, and get some trade bait and maybe fill out your team a little bit better that way. Um, I personally wouldn't try that, but, you know, I'd be interested to see how it ends up going for him. If, I don't know if this is a personal friend of yours or if it was an article, but it'd definitely be something I'd be interested to find out at the end of the year how that went. Yeah, um, I just thought it was interesting, and I, I saw the value in it, but the one thing that I kept thinking about when these guys were talking about their draft was um, they're really power-hungry power, um, then for their other positions because those four guys, you don't really think of them as you know, 20 homer guys. I mean, you're running out of third base from Lake Gong, like you said. Um, you're really missing out on, I think, some key power at that third base position, which we talked about last podcast with trying to get some power at the corner. So I just thought it was worth bringing up, uh, worth talking about, and just see, wanted to see where you guys stand on that. Um, Shane, let's start talking about guys that we're not expecting to be as good as uh, maybe the general consensus is feeling on them right now well, that was a good segue there because the first guy that i'm gonna go with is uh jung ho gong um he comes from korea and has a pretty nice year last year for the buckos uh i have some question marks about him though uh second year now in the majors uh everyone in the league's kind of had a year to see what this guy's all about and, and i'm that's one thing that definitely scares me with, with the foreign players coming over they when they have a big year to start that second year when everyone's kind of had a year to look at the tape, look at what they do well, look at how they should attack them. Uh, I'm inter interested to see uh, how Gong reacts this year now that our pitchers are going to know what to do. So, I mean, 
I know this position's weak, but I don't know that the power and the, the average that he showed last year is going to hold true this year. Uh, I think we're going to see some aggression definitely in the, in the batting average. So he's a 290 hitter last year. I, I, think, I think we see a dip more closer to 270, somewhere around there. And he's a guy that's going, I have him sixth on CBS. Uh, 171 is his average draft position right now. So I think he might be a guy that, that slides a few spots that, from where he's going right now. So I think he'll be all right as far as shortstop just because the position's so thin. But I think he dropped down a little bit. <clears throat> I'm a little worried. One thing that I think might be interesting about Gong is he gets hurt at the end of last year in what was a gruesome play right at the second base bag. I'm wondering if we had seen him play a full season and maybe he struggles down the stretch, if maybe we wouldn't be so high on him. But the last thing we kind of remember about him is having that good middle stretch of the season. I mean, he only played in 126 games, so he does miss a good chunk at the end there, and we don't really get to see a full season of him. So I'm wondering, you know, there's guys like Jock Peterson that struggled in the second half and we're not as high on them. Maybe just like our last memory of Gong is him doing well, and I'm wondering if that's spiking his ADP right now. Kyle, where do you stand on Gong? Um, if we're talking strictly middle infield, I like Gong. Um, I think he's someone that can, you know, add a little bit of power, a little bit of average. Um, you know, I, I just think he's a little bit better than the rest. Um, I guess at, at that average draft position, and so. Um, yeah, he's someone that I would I would love to own for sure. Shane, I guess just to clear up how you feel about Gong, you get him for the right price on draft day. He's your shortstop. You're not upset. You're just thinking maybe not as good as where he's being ranked right now, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Gong falls to me for a good price, I'm going to have no problem putting him in my shortstop position. I yeah. know the three of us, I mean, I know Kyle, you're planning on keeping Marte. Uh, I know me and you are, are looking for shortstops in this draft, so we got to try to find someone somewhere. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think either of us will be disappointed if, if Gong ends up on our team. But that second year scares me. It, it does. Uh, you never know what's going to happen when foreign players come over and they have some success. Are they going to be able to repeat it? And how, how are things going to change that second year around? It, it just worries me sometimes. So I think Gong is a candidate that, that's going to regress this year. All right, who's your second guy? Uh, I'm going to go with my second guy. Asdrubal Cabrera, uh, he moves to New York. Uh, should be a good move for him, you would think. Uh, move into the Mets, should be a pretty good lineup, should be a good team. Uh, I'm just down on Cabrera. Um, he doesn't really do anything that excites me. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say, I think this could be a bad year for the New York Mets. I'm, I'm not very high on what, what's going on there. I think, I mean, they certainly should be the best team in the NL East. Uh, I, I think. I, I don't know, but with the pitching that they have, they should be. I, I just, I could see some disaster on the horizon in New York for some reason. I, the whole Cespedes thing is, I just feel like that locker room could be, could be a disaster. I don't know. Um, I, just, I just think that Cabrera, the, the age is getting up there now. Uh, he doesn't do a whole lot that excites me, like I said, and I just, I, I'm not seeing it for him. I agree kind of on the Mets. I think I feel like they are the team out of the five National League playoff teams that you could most likely see not making the playoffs again this year, maybe along with the Pirates. I know a lot of people maybe are down on the Cardinals too. 
after losing Hayward and Lackey, but they have so much invested in that young pitching that a Syndergaard injury and maybe a Harvey injury, their season is ruined. Um, and yeah, I don't love their offense. I actually didn't even realize, or maybe this is my bad, that as Dribble Cabrera was going to be that big of a part of their plans. I know he got a two-year deal from him, but I'm not feeling too great about that either, so I kind of share those same sentiments as you as well for him. Kyle, how do you feel about as Drupal Cabrera? Well, um, never liked him, honestly. Uh, I always thought that he was someone that people overpaid for in the past and um, wasn't something I, I was ever too interested in having on my team. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to share with you guys my thoughts on the Mets, too, I think. Um, you know, that, that probably, I think your, your comment was accurate when you said they would be the team that would probably fall out of the playoffs if anybody would. Um, I really just don't like their lineup. And so, uh, with that being said, I can't let it lose Drupal Cabrera. All right, Kyle, who, who are your two guys that you're a little worried about this year? Yeah, Desmond turns down the seven-year, $107 million deal at the start of the 2014 season. The Nationals offered him that extension. He turns it down, bets on himself, ends up with a one-year, $8 million deal, leaves $99 million on the table. Um, that's crazy money. And, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that, too. But the other reason I'm concerned about Desmond, and you didn't bring it up, uh, Jerks and Profar and Joey Gallo, those are two guys that the Rangers have been excited about for a long time, and I kind of thought that both of them fit in in left field for them. So I'm wondering if they steal some at-bats from Desmond. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like at shortstop, if you, again, if you get Desmond at a decent price, you're happy about it. But I feel like this could very well end up being like Hanley Ramirez from last year. Yeah, I'm down on Desmond as well. I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Here's a guy that went from being – arguably a top three shortstop just a few short years ago, and everything just seems to be declining. Um, I don't know if it's the age catching up to him or what, but, I mean, he goes from being a 280 hitter a couple of years ago to drops down to 250 and then 230 last year. I mean, everything seems to be slowing down. The steals are regressing. Um, he's just not an appetizing option right now for me. Uh, that being said, I mean, you get him in the late rounds, and I, I, he's worth taking a flyer on, no doubt, but... I'm, I'm out on, on Desmond right now. Yeah, Desmond, I think, is your classic case of a guy that if you draft him, you're hoping he hits right out the gate and you try and sell high right right, right away because his skill set just doesn't play over a 162-game season. There's so many peaks and valleys with him. Um, he's not a guy that you want to 
you want to own when he's having that month where he hits probably a buck twenty or something, then that's just not what you're looking for at that position. Just a quick add in here. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be kept in our league. He might be. Um, I know we spoke about this the other night off air, but if he's a guy that gets thrown back in our draft, what what are we willing to pay for a guy like Ian Desmond? Because I have a number in mind right now that I, I probably wouldn't go over. just want to see where you guys are at. Um, that number for me is probably 15. Yeah, I mean, already owning a shortstop, uh, you know, it's a little more difficult for me to say, but I, if I had to throw a number out there, 12. I mean, I just, I don't want to spend more than that on a guy that isn't going to bring uh, a ton to the table, in my opinion. Yeah, 12 was the number I had in mind, too, Kyle. So, I mean, I, I, I really would have a hard time getting into that double digits. I think I'd reach at 12. But I can't see going much more than that for this guy, and that's what he—that's he, he what he has him at twelve right now. That's so. what he costs in our league right now. So I, I just don't know if the keeper value is there for that guy. But you never know. Kyle, who's your second guy? Uh, another Ranger, uh, Elvis Andrus. Um, I know you're probably thinking, "What do I have against the Rangers?" Really, nothing other than I just don't like their shortstop options. Or their third baseman. Um, what's that? Or their third baseman. <laughs> You mentioned sure. you uh, mentioned you were down on true. him. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I just don't like the Rangers. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, he's someone that again, I just, I don't know, he's someone that I think with the Rangers is expendable, um, and you just you don't want to be looking over your shoulder. Uh, there's there's been rumors already about moving him or uh, you know make room for Profar, you know. They sign a guy like Desmond. Maybe outfield doesn't work for him, and they want to move him to short at some point. Who knows? I just if I'm Andrews, I'm again mentally worried about my my spot on this team. You know, what's my role? Um, the steals, they're nice. Um, I mean, we've obviously talked about the steals, but you know, he's what we have him up at like sixth on the average yeah, draft position. About seven, seven short Six top or seven, off the board. Yeah, so you know. I see similar production from a guy like Kettle Marte later in the draft, so I'm not spending on, on Andrus. Um, the nice thing for me when it comes to Andrus, if you're one of those guys that doesn't want to be vigilant on the wire and you want a shortstop that's going to be your shortstop for the whole season, I mean, the last five years, 588 plus at bats. His worst season, he had 145 games played. Um, pretty steady 270 hitter. He's pretty much a lock for 20 steals, uh, 25 steals. Absolutely no power. Probably a good bet to score some runs. Um, probably has one of the higher floors, so the safety is there in him. And, you know, like I said, he's going to be out there every day unless they move him or they decide they want to play someone else there. So. That's, I think, the argument in favor of Desmond or Andrus. Um, I don't know, if, Shane, if you find any value in that. No, this is this is a guy that's just slowly declining. Uh, I know we talked about it last year. I feel like at this time, uh, discussing whether Andrus should be kept in our league, and I think you were an adamant no. Uh, you were down on him last year before the draft, and he was twenty six bucks though. Yeah, I mean, I was still in on him last year a little bit, but. I'm out on the Andrews bidding this year. 
Um, everything just seems to be leaning towards this guy slowly just kind of working himself out of Texas. Um, and it's interesting you brought that up, Kyle. I feel like that, that could be the move. Instead of Desmond taking the hit, I feel like Andrews might be the guy that takes the hit in, in Texas. Uh, I, th I think he might be a guy that finds himself out of town this year to make room for some of those guys we talked about. All right, so that kind of wraps up the guys you guys wanted to talk about. Um, other guys that I think, um, going back to how we started, Johnny Peralta, obviously, you guys know I'm a Cardinals fan. He gets doesn't get a lot of love, and he's about as steady as it comes with shortstops. He's pretty boring. Um, you're going to get a little bit of power from him. He hits in a key spot in the Cardinals lineup. Um, I see value in Johnny Peralta come draft day, especially if you have him slotted in as your middle infielder. Um, what do you guys think about Johnny Peralta? I'm in on Peralta. Uh, I'll take as many Cardinals as I can get, to be honest. Uh, I, I like what they do in St. Louis. I know you do, obviously, big homer. But, yeah, I'm in on Peralta. Being in that lineup, being in a good lineup, uh, nice power potential. Um going to hit for a solid average not going to hurt you there um, obviously you're not going to get anything from speed but just the consistency you're going to get you're going to get solid numbers from him and i think i'd be willing to roll the dice on him more than most of the guys on this list so yeah i'm in on peralta yeah peralta is definitely a guy that i've i've liked um you know you nailed it when you said consistency um you know he's a little chubbier he's built for the long haul so um, that's a good thing, I think, honestly, for him. And, uh, you know, if he was available in our league, I, I'd like him. But, unfortunately, I think the only person that likes him more than you, Cobb, is the guy that has him right now, Justin, <laughs> who's probably going to extend him, which is wild. <laughs> All right, now for the unpopular opinion. Um, and you, the three of us have talked about this kind of through group messages here. The guy that I just don't understand, Francisco Lindor. Um, fifth uh, shortstop being taken right now, 64 overall. I just would like to know why people think that that 12 homers in 390 at-bats last season is going to continue. Nothing he did in the minor leagues suggests that this was even remotely possible last season from him. He comes out and does it in his first year. Now there's some tape on him. Um, you know when he got when he came up, the value that he was bringing to the team was supposedly all defense. I'm just wondering if he had his career year um, last year. So that's my concern about him. I'm not as excited about him as everyone else is. I don't see him as a fantasy um, cornerstone of your team. I think he's a nice shortstop. Um, I want to know what you guys think about Lindor. I'm a little higher on Lindor than you are, but I, I think some of the, the inflated things, feelings we have for him go back to our league and the fact that he's a $2 shortstop. Um, he's going to be a really cheap asset at a weak position for a long time in our league, and I think that, that kind of inflates his status amongst people that we talk to on a daily basis as far as fantasy baseball. I don't think the power is real, just like you said, but I don't see a reason that he can't be somewhat what he was last year. Um, just 
off the top of my head, I don't I don't see why he can't be a, a Dustin Pedroia type, hit around <clears throat> 300, limited power, put up some decent steal numbers, and, and just be a solid producer in that lineup. I don't by any means think he's going to be that 2020 guy every year. Uh, I'm not seeing that, but I, I don't see a reason why he he wouldn't be a, a top five six guy every year. Yeah, um, as, as far as Lindor goes, I mean, I actually had an opportunity to meet the guy, and my arms are bigger than his, so <laughs> that's never a good thing, because I'm not, I'm not a strapping guy, so uh, the power for me, I, I just, I don't believe it, um, you know, he, he came up as a defensive prospect, really, and, you know, he's a great defender, but in fantasy, that's not something that obviously carries over, um, you know, before the majors, he hadn't hit over 300 at any level, um, and, and I mean I think that was given to to his Babbitt. Um, what was that at like 350 ish? So, um, you know, not someone who I believe in all that much. Uh, not at the draft position. Uh, if you can get him cheap, like in our league for two bucks, absolutely, I would love to have him on the team. But I think he's nothing more than a, a stolen base threat. And, uh, you know, a 265, 270 hitter. I guess my, my other thing to say about Lindor is I feel like every year or three years or so we see guys come up and everyone's trying to find the next Troy Tillowitzie, a guy that's going to be a top five shortstop for 10 years. That just doesn't seem to happen at this position. I mean, you've seen guys come up and take the league by storm for a couple of years. I mean, guys like Eric Ibar, people were high on him for a couple of years. Andrelton Simmons. Um, even a guy like Liam Desmond now, we're seeing him. He had his two-year run on top, and now he's falling back quickly. Um, I think we all think Seeger and Cray are the next Tulo, and we're expecting that to happen. Um, but I think this position in particular, for some reason, we see guys have a very short stay at the top before the book is out on them, and I think that's my concern about Lindor. Well, this is it's a defensive position. I mean, shortstop is a spot where you got to play defense and you see it all the time with these big body guys. It's so tough to play that position if you're a big guy. It really is. I mean, it wears on you. You're involved on pretty much every play. Um, it's just tough to be able to play that play that position defensively and then turn around and be that effective on the offensive end. That's what makes guys like Tulowitzki so special. Um, the, the fact that he's been able to do it for so long. Um, it's what makes Correa so special. He's a big guy that, that is able to produce that way offensively. Time will tell how long he can do it for. Um, but, yeah, it's just tough to do that day in, day out at that spot. The cool thing about this position, though, is, you know, it's kind of got a lot of exciting players coming up now. So we have Correa joining us last year and Seager this year. Guys like Lindor and Bogarts. And then on the way up, you got guys like Trey Turner, um, Trevor Story that may start the year this year as shortstops. Um, Orlando Arcia we expect to see this year. J.P. Crawford maybe at the end of this year, early next year. And then three of the top four picks, I think, last year in the draft were um, Dansby Swanson, Brendan Rodgers, and Alex Bregman, all shortstops as well. So a lot of guys to be excited about. But I just wonder if... We're excited about them because they have the potential to be 12 homer, 20 stolen base guys, or if we're excited about them to be the next Correa or Tulo. Um, 
All right, Shane, who are some guys you want to talk about here? I guess we should we should talk about Carlos Correa at some point here tonight, right? Well, I don't think we can have a shortstop podcast without talking Correa a little bit at least. <laughs> um, obviously, I feel like he, he's the number one guy for all three of us, I, I, I would imagine. I don't think anyone's throwing any curveballs tonight. Um, I'm just interested in – I wanted to ask you guys, how good is this guy going to be? Um, are we thinking better than Tulowitzki? Because – from what I saw last year in in what amounted to a little over half a season, um, this guy has the potential to be incredible. Um, I, I honestly, I don't see a reason this guy can't be a 35 home run guy and a possibility of 20 steals. That That's exactly what I wanted to ask, so I guess we'll go to Kyle first. What's the, what's the ceiling on this guy? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a strong dude. Uh, he's fast, so... You know, why not MVP? You know, uh, 35, 40 homers, 20, 25 stolen bases, hitting, you know, close to a 300 average. Uh, He's a guy that seems to have figured it out really quickly. And, uh, you know, he has the physique to to get it done. So I'm really excited to watch him play. Um, You know, it's it's really going to be interesting to see how, uh, he turns out as a baseball player, and you know, I, I think if anyone, he, he has the ability to be that guy who's better than Tulo. You know, I just hope he has a little bit more of a healthy career than Tulo has so far. Yeah, I think Tulo is an interesting comp, obviously, and he's the guy that we've talked about for a long time now as a shortstop. But you know, maybe we're forgetting a guy that used to play this position maybe ten years ago, Alex Rodriguez. Is that the comp for this guy, or is that? A little bit lofty. I mean, A Rod. We talk MVP. I mean, he he was the best shortstop that I've seen as a hitter. Obviously. I mean, it's hard to compare anyone to what Alex Rodriguez did as a shortstop. Uh, it's hard to even fathom that. But I'll tell you what. From everything I saw about this guy last year, it, it's the potential's there. It's there. I I don't want to short side the guy. I mean, I. I think we could see something special from this guy. I, I don't want to just go out and say, yeah, he's going to be the next Alex, Alex Rodriguez, but, man, why not? Why not? All right. Um, other three guys in the top, Tulo, Seager, Bogarts, um, all have upside to them, all have risk to them. Tulo, injury, Bogarts, you know, the Babbitt was probably inflated last year. Didn't see a ton of power from him, which is something that I think we expected from him in the minors. And then Seager will be a rookie. Never know how that's going to pan out over the course of a full season. Um, I think, Shane, you're the highest on Seager. And I think, Kyle, you're kind of closer to me where we expect Tulo to have a nice year in Toronto. Just want to hear your guys' thoughts on these three players quickly here. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about it. You, you alluded to it, Matt. Uh, I really like Tulo this year. I think, um, you know, last year was a little fluky for him. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see him, uh, you know, figure it out again here in Toronto and, and, and have a great year. You know, you uh, you know, we talked about the, the Cal Ripken comparison and uh, at age 31 what, what Cal did. And, you know, why not for Tulo? I think he's he's someone that is really going to be worth that draft position and 
someone that I would love to have on my team. You know, he, he's a free agent, uh, someone in our draft at least that is out in the player pool, and um, I'll see myself bidding on him for sure. I'm actually down on Tulo. Uh, I know you guys are big Tulo fans. I know, Matt, you went all in last year for Tulo. Um, I don't know. I, th I think we might be seeing the end of the line. Uh, something something inside is telling me we might be seeing, seeing the end of the line. I think the one thing that keeps me from wanting to not believe in him is he's still going to be in a good lineup. That lineup's le legitimate up there in Toronto. Um, a lot of good bats around him, and there's obviously going to be a lot of room to produce there. So that keeps me interested, obviously. And obviously the skill level is, is far and away above some of the other names that get, get down on the list here. So you can't really knock him down too far. But I, I have Tulowitzki fourth on my list. So <coughs> the injury is concerning. Um, always seems to get hurt. Last year he played 128 games, I believe. And that was the most he's played in like three or four years. So he doesn't play a whole lot. So that, that's also concerning. Um, Part of that was the Rockies were making a conscious effort to sit him like twice a week, which was just so annoying. And it usually ended up being at home, which was even more annoying. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy that the guy that scares me when I think of Tulo is I think of Effie Longoria. They kind of have a similar body shot, body frame. Um, and we talked about Longoria a little bit in the third base podcast. I know Tulo gets a bump up because he's a shortstop and not a third baseman, but I feel like there's a similar comp between the two of them. Yeah, I think the thing that scares me most about Tulo is I think you have to pay too much to get him. You have to pay too much. That was my next question. In our draft, um, about 10 days from now, what's what's Tulo going to go for? Kyle, since you're going to bid on him, what, what's your max bid so I know if I have to go a dollar more or not? Uh, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. I'll tell you. Why not? Because uh, you're better than me yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, I am. I've proven that year in and year out. I was saying I was gonna say forty, and I don't think it's gonna get it done. So, I think I think we might see closer to fifty bucks. Yeah, there's some guys <laughs> with money that <laughs> I don't want to say we don't respect them because I don't want them to listen to this. But um, there's some guys that are gonna be throwing some money out for that name. No doubt. But yeah, uh, the other name I wanted to touch on, uh, Corey Seager. Um, it might be the homer in me. Obviously, me and you have both owned this guy. Uh, we both traded him away. Uh, for for big time talent when we were making runs at the postseason, um, I think this guy's going to be a star. Uh, I really do. I think I think we both kind of feel that way. I think all three of us might feel that way. This guy just hits, man. He hits, and I honestly he hit three thirty seven in a really small sample size last year. But I, I don't think it's going to change. I don't think it's going to change much. He, he's hit his whole minor league career. He hits when he comes up last year. Uh, I'm not sold on what the power is going to be yet. I don't know how much it's going to be, but I think that average is real, and I think it's going to be somewhere over 315, 320 every year. Yeah, here's a here's something that you may not be thinking about that concerns me with with Seager is a uh, young kid out in LA hanging out with Yasiel Puig. <laughs> that to me, I just I mean I don't know. There's not a lot of guys that, in my opinion, have been able to. Uh, be out in LA long term and be great. 
Clayton Kershaw, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I don't know what he's made of other than, you know, the fact that he does rake. I mean, he absolutely rakes. It, you know, no one can deny that. But um, I'm always interested in how people handle that kind of stuff. So I like I like the managerial change for the Dodgers. I don't know if it's going to have an effect on Seager, but I didn't. I know Don Mattingly is a respected figure in baseball circles, um, but I just felt like he had no control over that team. And I, I, Dave Roberts is a guy that, throughout his playing career, he was just the consummate leader of a clubhouse, and I really like Dave Roberts going to L.A. I think that was a great, great move for them. Um, so I'm hoping that that can not only affect a guy like Puig, but some of these young guys like Peterson and Seager, I'm thinking that it's going to be a good move for them. So that's my only kickback on your comment, Kyle. But I agree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the limelight on the big stage. Yeah, that is that is one concern. I, I didn't even cross my mind, Kyle. It's actually a really good point. Um, you see it a lot. Young kids going to big cities, and how do they handle the spotlight uh, is definitely, definitely concerning. I, I just think this guy's going to continue to hit, and – I'm all I'm all in on this guy. Um, I'm seeing a top three guy for pretty much his whole career. Short. It, it, the one thing I will say is how long is he going to be there? Um, obviously, we're just talking this year. He's obviously going to be shortstop. I, I don't think he stays there his whole career. So no, and there's no third baseman blocking him from moving over there in the Dodgers system right now. So um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I think to see how long he plays there if he kind of moves over like Kyle Ripken did at some point. Um, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on Bogarts. I think the consensus on him is better than the other shortstops out there. If you get Bogarts, you're pretty happy there. Hopefully the power spikes up from what it was last year. A guy that I think I do want to spend some time talking about um, that we haven't really talked about yet is Brandon Crawford. Um, Power spike last year for him. He's another guy that's out there every day because of his defense. And the offense was a bonus last year. He was really one of the better shortstops last year. Um, is he a potential bust candidate for you guys? I think he comes back to earth this year. I'm not going to say he's going to be a bust. He seems like the kind of guy I'd want on my team, uh, to me. He just seems like the kind of guy I'd want in my clubhouse, I'd want on my, on my team if I'm trying to win. I don't know how that correlates necessarily to fantasy. Um, I think last year was was probably the best we're going to see from him, especially power-wise. But I don't see a reason why he, he, he can't stay productive. And, and it's a good clubhouse out there in San Francisco, no doubt about it. Good leadership. So I don't know that it's going to be a huge year, but it, it's I think it's still going to be pretty productive. Hey, Matt, if you don't mind, do you have his uh, average draft position on hand? He's 176. He's the ninth shortstop off the board. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation for him. Um, the, you know, 20-plus homers out of him is somehow exactly expect to see again. But the thing with fantasy baseball, time and time again, is a name. And Brandon Crawford really hasn't established a name. And so I think there's still bad to be had with him. Um, you know, I do see a decline because, you know, he hasn't shown that power at any other point. But, uh, you know, he's definitely someone that I, I would love to have on my team. And, and I'm, you know, pretty upset that I let him go last year when I did. All right, three guys that kind of funnel in behind Peralta. 
Marcus Simeon was a fantasy darling in preseason last year. Everyone expected good things out of him. He had no okay season. He's kind of, again, right outside that top 12 for shortstops. And then um, Alexi Ramirez moving over to San Diego. And Alcides Escobar, who is kind of very comparable to Elvis Andrews, but about 10 shortstops later going in drafts. Um, anything you guys want to talk about related to those three that gets you excited or makes you comfortable with those guys being your shortstop? Well, Escobar is a guy that, that I certainly would, wouldn't mind taking a look at. Um, being in the position we're in, I feel like he's a guy we could get fairly cheap. Uh, not going to have to pay a whole lot on draft day for. And he's going to put up numbers that won't hurt you. Um, so he's definitely a guy that, that I, is on my radar. Um, I, I can't see having to pay more than 5 to 10 bucks for. I, I don't see that. And, and for that value, I feel like he, he could be worth it. Um, Semyon was an was a interesting one for me. Everyone seemed to be really high on the guy last year. Puts up 15 bombs. I don't know. I, I'm not in. I try to stay away from from people in Oakland as much as I can. Um, I know that probably makes you laugh considering I, I spent a little bit on Brett Laurie last year. But I don't know. I like to stay away from people hitting in Oakland. So, I'm I, out on Simeon. I feel like a comp for Simeon, Kyle, is Eugenio Suarez. Maybe I'm off there, um, but I'm just, I'm curious to hear what you think about Simeon. Um, I think that's an interesting comp. Uh, but, I mean, I think Suarez has a little more pop in his bat than, than Simeon. I mean, Simeon definitely does have some pop, but um, not, not, I don't know. I guess I don't really have an opinion on Simeon. I, I'm sorry I can't give you more. I'm not going to make something up for our viewers right now. I don't really have an opinion. I, I, he's kind of whatever to me. If uh, he's sitting there and I need to fill the spot still, I'll, I'll grab him. But, um, you know, I'm not – I don't love him. I don't hate him. But someone I did want to talk about, actually, who you mentioned was Alexi Ramirez. Um, he's not a guy that hits a ton of homers. So move to San Diego for me is not – a terrible move for him. I think it actually might help him a little bit in seeing his doubles increase a little bit uh, with that extra space out there in the outfield. Um, and, and I'm excited to see how he does in the NL. You know, you talk about uh, the AL being a little bit tougher on on hitters. Um, so it, the NL might be a good move for him. Okay, and then two guys that I want to see where you guys stand on them. We mentioned them earlier. Um, Trey Turner and Trevor Story. Trey Turner seems to be the front runner for the national shortstop job unless they give it to um, Stephen Drew or Danny Espinosa, which I think would be a huge mistake. But I think Dusty Baker has a track record of maybe going with a veteran over a rookie. Um, so Trey Turner and then Trevor Story. Looks like there's going to be some kind of a suspension for Jose Reyes. Um, maybe similar to what Chapman got yesterday for 30 games. Um, if, if that's the case, I think the Rockies would maybe go with Trevor Story instead of a guy like Daniel Descalso to start the year. So I want to know who you guys like better, um, Turner in a better lineup in Washington or Story in a better situation, I think, in Colorado. For this season, 
Well, this season or long term, both, either one. I think long term, I'm going to take Turner. Uh, for this season, I'll take Story because of the suspension for for Castro or for Reyes. I'm sorry. Um, I'm just not convinced that Turner's going to get the playing time he needs this year, um, and I think Story's going to get it right out of the gate. So I'll take Story this year, but I think Turner could turn into something that uh, is going to be really, really valuable at the position maybe a couple years down the road. So I'm not sold on him this year, but I'll take Story this year and, and Turner in the future. Um, we agree partially, Shane. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Turner on both. I think uh, I think he wins the job this year and and gets the at bats in a great lineup. So um, you know I, I see him being a decent option this year. Uh, you know with with stories, uh, you know season probably gonna be short. Just that that opportunity to play when when Reyes is, is suspended. I'd rather have a guy. Uh, who, who's going to get more at bats? And I think that is going to be Turner. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to watch Spring, keeping an eye on that, and if he wins the job. And I agree with Shane that you know, in the future, he has the opportunity to be somebody pretty special. All right, and then I think you know we talked about prospects. You got guys like Orlando Garcia, J.P. Crawford, and then the three that were drafted at the top of the draft last year: Swanson, Bregman, and Rogers. Is there one more than the others that you guys are excited about? Like I said, I think we'll see Arcia this season. I think there's a shot we see J.P. Crawford this season too. And I think there's a shot we see Dansby Swanson this year in Atlanta, um, as we talked about on last podcast. So out of those five guys or so, is there one that you're more excited about than others? I don't know. I'm interested to see what Arcia does in Milwaukee. Um, I think Swanson's a guy I definitely am excited about. I don't know that his time comes this year. Uh, I don't. I don't see him coming up this year, like everyone thinks. Um, I think the Braves will wait it out, and uh, he'll come up next year. But Arcia's a guy that that I'm interested in because he might get get a shot right out of the gate. Um, I'm not sure, but I think he might get a get a shot right out of the gate in Milwaukee, and let's see what he can do with it. Uh, a guy that has pretty good minor league numbers. <coughs> And I think he could be vault right, vault himself right into a top five, six guy in the in the near future. Um, I'm excited to see Crawford, honestly. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see a little bit of youth in in Philadelphia again uh, after having to watch, you know, the old man show out there for a while. Um, you know, he's someone that I think has the ability to be a pretty good player. You know, he's going to be hitting in a nice ballpark. and um, He's going to get a lot of opportunity. He's going to have the free reign to, you know, run at that position. And so uh, he's the guy that I think I have my eye on most at all. I think the guy that I'm, I'm excited about, Swanson, obviously he has what people are calling a Jeter-like um, kind of composure about him. Um Bregman, I think, is interesting because I think at some point, like Seager, Correa may slide over to third base because he's one of those big-bodied guys, and um, maybe Bregman is an interesting guy in what should be um, an exciting Houston lineup for years to come. But I think Brendan Rodgers is the guy that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing at some point. He was arguably the top talent in the draft last year as a high school player. Um, 
if he's able to develop some offensive skills in the minor leagues, we're going to be excited about watching him in Coors Field for quite some time. Um, but I'm excited about all five guys and seeing them at some point because I think, like we said, the shortstop position is people are realizing how important that position is again um, as we get you know out of the steroid era and back to more of a skill skill era in baseball and it's not just your big boppers at first base and your corner outfielder and I'm excited about seeing some of these young guys. Is there anyone else, Shane, that you want to talk about tonight? Just a, a, just a couple and I want short answers here. There's a guy out here that two seasons ago hit 25 home runs at the spot. He's been kept a couple times in our league. I want to know, is he done? That's J.J. Hardy. Yeah, 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 he's done. There's <laughs> <laughs> a short answer for it. Fair enough. Here's one for you, Kyle. I know a couple of years ago, I think it was, you told me that you had the next best thing at shortstop. And I think you might have been wrong on this one. His name's Zach Cozart. He plays for your team. <laughs> what are we expecting from this guy this year? Anything? Well, first of all, that was a rough time in my life. Um, he had a nice year last year, though. Before he got hurt, he had a nice, he had a nice year. No, nah, I, I like Cozart. I mean, I'm a, I'm a homer, so I'm, I think uh, you know, with Suarez moving over to third, he's gonna get his at bats, and um, you know, he, he's not a bad option. So he's not someone I'm looking to own, but I might, you know, spot start him if I'm, uh, you know, giving a look through the waiver wire from time to time. Kyle, anyone you want to talk about here before we wrap this up? Yeah, I actually have a unique piece I'd like to add to the podcast here. Um, you know, we were talking about uh, Lindor. We mentioned about the defensive demands that shortstop has. And, uh, a fun fact, actually, I had a chance to play Little League Baseball with Shane Stein, one of our guys here tonight. <laughs> and Shane was actually a left-handed shortstop. And I just want to know, Shane, what was that like? <laughs> uh, I think that more had to do with uh, us having limited people that were able to play the position as I feel like me and you were the only ones capable on our team. So it was more to do with uh, our lack of talent surrounding us than it was uh, me actually fitting in at shortstop. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can picture a young me with glasses on the mound throwing about what do you say, 25, 30 miles per hour. Um, ball's just getting crushed all over the field, and Shane running recklessly left-handed, trying to make diving over-the-head catches. That was pretty much Little League Baseball for us. So. I, I will say, Shane took a lot of ground balls in college and in summer ball when we played together, and he's the only left-handed shortstop I've ever seen, but he's also the best left-handed shortstop <laughs> I've ever seen. So. Well, thanks, Matt. I, I appreciate that. I'm not gonna lie. I was a pretty good shortstop back in, back in those days, Kyle. So you can, well, absolutely, that's why I wanted to talk about. It. I, I can't talk about shortstops and not think about my very own Shane Stein backing me up. That's funny. All right. Um, I guess we got outfielders on board next. Um, we'll do that sometime, either this weekend or next week. Uh, then we'll get into some pitcher previews. We're wrapping up here. We're getting towards draft day. For us, it's 10 days away. Um, really excited. You know, it's something to think about every day as we get closer and closer to this happening. Um, 
it's just it's exciting. You know, spring training started, starting to watch some games and check some box scores. I know Shane saw Henry Owens with a nice line today, and he's you know getting further and further away from trading for Andrew Miller or Ken Giles now because uh, Henry Owens is showing what he can do. So it's it's just an exciting time right now for baseball. So um, I want to thank you guys for joining me yet again. Yeah, thanks for having us again. I mean, I, I love getting together and doing this. So looking forward to some more opportunities to, to talk baseball with you guys. Yeah. All right, this wraps it up. Uh, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle Twenty Three, and again, rate review on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe so you can get. Um, the rest of our previews as we get through spring training here and then I'm sure we'll keep this going as the season goes on and we can talk about how how much Kyle's beaten up on us throughout throughout the summer so um, thanks again for listening signing off I'm Matt Kozlowski for Kyle Stramer and Shane Stein